yet he um, he made it too easy, as he often does when we're hurting and it's hard and it's difficult. Um, but I, as I went to speak, I had uh, some of my mentors um, kind of give me an idea, give me some help and some information. And at first I was going to speak on, um, the, the title of this message is Dependence on Jesus. And at first I started with, well, how do we depend on Jesus? And I started uh, diving into that and figuring out what, um, you know, how do we depend on Jesus? And it came to me, well, we first have to answer the question, why? Why, why do we depend on Jesus? Um, so why is it important to depend on God? And the, one of the simplest answers that I got from some of my mentors is that <laughs> if life has taught us anything, it is that we cannot depend on ourselves alone. How many times in our lives have we all tried to do things on our own and it turned out absolutely fabulous? Rare to none. <laughs> and so um, I've got a couple points here, and I'm, I'm no pastor or minister. I'm just a servant, just a guy trying to do the best I can. And my first point is that we, we all, um, and we all know this one, and we may not, but it's that you cannot serve two masters, that uh, in the end you will serve one or the other. That there is no having a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It is, it is one or the other, and, and it's a choice that we make. And Luke 16, 13 and Matthew 6, 24 say the same thing. I'm not going to spend time. Well, yeah, we'll go ahead and flip to it. We got time. One of them, whichever one I get to first. And it's almost word for word the same the same thing in those two spots. Luke 16. There we go. And it says, um, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And um, I went back into some other translations because I heard somebody say it a little bit differently, and it says you cannot serve God and mammon. And when it talks about mammon, it's not, not necessarily an exact synonym of money. It, mammon is a word for materialism, and you cannot serve the materialism and God. So I, it's, it's much more than just money. You know, it blows my mind that how, how they could even replace that and it do justice. Because materialism is in the clothes that we wear. It's in the car that we drive. It's, it's within everything around us. It, it's the way that we present ourselves. It's, it's, the, it's not only the material of, of, our, of our tangible things, but it's the material of our spiritual, spirituality. And, and is it genuine? And is it authentic? Or is it fake? Um, and so I thought that was, so it was very neat and helped me to help understand it better. Um, and, and if you want the, the, the scientific or the psychological um, way of explaining it, there can only be one absolute. It, it is impossible for two absolutes to exist at one time because then there, they wouldn't be absolute. And, and the absolute is the absolute of eternity or the absolute of, of, of death and hell. And so it is, is important that we choose the absolute that we know that we can lean on, that, that that's not ourselves. And I'm going to go, we'll get into this a little bit later, but I want you to think, who is your master or your masters in, in, the, in the individual things that you serve? And as we go on, um, I, I might mention some of them when I get into that next section. But then I wanted to talk about how to depend or when we, why we depend through adversity and through triumph. And difficult times in life can jolt us 
to know that like we have to depend on God. You know, when we're broken and we're on rock bottom, we, you know, we want to depend on God. And we have this narrative in our head that it's, it, it's harder to depend on God when things are going rough. But I, me personally, and I think it's the opposite way around, it's a lot harder to depend on God and give him your time and give him your effort when it's smooth sailing. When it's smooth sailing, we lull ourselves into a daze of self-sufficiency. And, and we're only leaning on our own understandings when we need to be leaning on his and depending on him. And I think that we, we could all say that dependence and trust are almost inter- interchangeable. It, it's very, very similar. And this is a quote from Reverend Helm, somebody that me and Matt, um, we speak about often. But it says, God is in search of a people who will trust him with all their heart and totally and wholly depend upon him. And I asked myself, what does that look like? What does that look like? To me, it's, it's the 10% of every part of my life. It's the 10% of my time. It's the 10% of my money. And it's, and it's 100% of, of, of my being, of my heart, of, of my effort. It's, it's 100% of my worship being genuine. It, it's when I feel like, when I feel myself going through the motions that I snap out of it and, and I make it genuine. Because if it's not genuine, as John said that Brad calls out, and I can't wait to hear it sometime, but if, if it's not genuine, Brad will say, come on, do it again and mean it. Mean it. Because it if it doesn't mean it and it's not, from, it's not authentic from your heart, Who's it helping? It's not, it's not helping anybody. It, it's not worth it. As hard as that is to hear, it's not worth the time that we're here to give to God and help people. Um, we cling to what we depend on. So whenever we, so we want our dependence to be set. We, we want to be depending constantly. Otherwise, whenever the goings do get tough, we're going to cling to what we trust to most whether that be a significant other or whether that be a sport or whether that be um, your schooling. You know, sometimes people can hide in, you know, doing schoolwork, doing busy work in general. So whenever, um, whenever we get to in the hard times and difficulties, that's where we want our dependence to go is to God. Um, when we put our trust and our dependence in others, we are setting ourselves up for failure and disappointment in them every single time because we cannot trust. I cannot trust Chaz like I trust God. I can trust Chaz like a brother and like a friend, but I cannot trust him like God or he will disappoint me because he is human. And when I put my trust in myself, all I am going to do is be burnt out 24-7 because I'm putting the weight of myself of being God there's only one thing for us to trust in. And so if I try to put the same amount of trust in myself as I do God, I'm putting a burden on myself that I can't carry. And it's the same thing when you trust another, another person. You're putting them on a pedestal above God. You're you're giving them, and can you imagine if if I were to constantly um, depend upon Micah, how much that hurts her and how hard it is because she knows that she's letting me down if I'm depending on her that much and how much inner turmoil that causes to the people around us when we depend on them. And when we live in dependence and and when we've kind of got the hang of it, the blessings will come. It's not a blessing that we pray for. It's not the, oh, Jesus, give me this. Jesus, give me that. It's Jesus, I'm depending on what you're going to give me because I know it's always going to be best. And when we are in total dependence and trust, he's going to have 
not necessarily what we want always, but what we need ahead of us. And, and here's just a couple examples in my life when I've, when, you know, when I have depended on him and he has helped me. Something in me from a young age, I just wanted somebody to love. I, I wanted that, I wanted that year-long relationship that I saw in middle school. I'm like, man, that is the greatest thing ever. Please, can I find that? And so I searched and I searched and I searched and it was failure because I was depending upon myself and my, my wit and my beautiful good looks to, to make it happen. And what did it end in? It ended in failure and disappointment every time. And my heart was so broken. And I finally said, God, I'm done. I, I cannot do this anymore. Obviously, I am not capable and I'm giving this to you. And though he linger longs, he never comes too late because within months, he gave me the woman that I would spend the rest of my life with. Like that. When we depend on him, we don't even want the things that are coming so soon because we're just so dependent on him that we don't even have the wants. We just want what he wants and we don't have to have a long road of disappointment leading up to that. I it was in dire need a couple months ago of a truck. My truck was, you started in the morning, I woke up the whole neighborhood. There was a, a hole this big in my catalytic converter, and it was loud, and it barely hit 70 on the interstate, and I needed a truck, and I obsessed and obsessed. I'm, I'm going to check out every, every single dealership, every app on my phone that I can do, and I'm going to keep looking and keep looking and keep looking, and I couldn't find anything that I would work, and I even went somewhere, and I went to a dealership, and the Holy Spirit told me, after I drove 45 minutes to Huntington, you're not supposed to go there, turn around, and I said, ah, oh, well, maybe, maybe, maybe that wasn't it, maybe, maybe I wasn't here, you know, I can try to convince myself against what God told me, how silly does that sound, I know we all do it, it happens from time to time, um, and I went, and it did nothing but bad things. So I got a knock on my credit, and they did not give me the deal that, they were, that I was under the impression of. And, you know, I was kind of like, you know, I shouldn't have tried to twist God's will. And so I finally, I still looked after that, and I finally said, I'm laying it down, God. I, you're going to you're gonna have to show me something on the side of the road. Because I, I obviously am not, I can't do it. I'm depending on my own understanding that it's not, it's not working. And days later, Honestly, I think I might have said it again that same day. I was driving with Chaz, and we drove through Eleanor, and I saw a truck parked in front of the Piggly Wiggly, and I was like, well, maybe we'll take a look at that on the way back out. We went, we shot guns at the gun range, we came back out, stopped, called the guy to give it a drive. Within 30 minutes, I had shaken his hand, and I was given a truck probably four to $5,000 less than what I would have paid anywhere else. And, and it's wonderful, and it's amazing, and it has suited my needs. And it was the exact truck that I did not want to buy. I said to myself, man, I really just don't want to buy, like, the older Colorados and, and Canyons, like the Chevy and GMC. Like, I really just, like, that was not the one. But that's what God had planned for me. It isn't, isn't it funny, the humor? And sometimes, you know, that whole time, that, was, that wasn't what I wanted, but that's what I needed because God gave it to me. And so uh, just a couple examples in my life that, that have helped me to know that I— it, at this point, I'm like, all right, I ain't, my job, my house, you, you take it all, because obviously it works. And um, I'm going to give some examples in the Bible of, of where um, Adam and Eve, they did not depend on God one time, the first time. 
and, and it has caused us the life that we've had today. And that, that's the, that's, that's not a word. I was thinking of something that's not a word. I, that's the importance, the imperativeness. I don't know if that's a word, but it might be. Um, imperativeness of us depending on him. Because when Adam and Eve didn't depend on God, it left us with a world of hurt until Jesus comes the second time. And so, and then there's Gideon. In, uh, uh, in the time of Gideon, the, the, the Midianites, I might be saying that right. Thank you, Parker. I know that head nod is, is confirmation. The Midianites came, and, they, and they, they ravaged all the crops, and they took over Israel for seven years. And there were so many of them. It said it was like a wave coming over the hillsides, pouring into Israel, taking everything. They, they, they scavenged it all up. And so the Israelites went to the hills. They went to the caves. And, and, and Gideon was so scared that he, he gathered up what little wheat that he had, and he hid in a wine press. A wine press is just a hole in the ground, basically where they would pour all the grapes, and it had little trenches that it would, the juice would flow so that they could make wine. And there was one underground that he was able to get in and just live there with the wheat that he had. And that's all. He was content. He just wanted to hide because he was so scared. And yet an angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Gideon, I need you to save Israel. And he said, Lord, you know, this is, this is no way that I could save Israel. He said, well, if you're going to, if I'm to save Israel, then you're going to have to give me a sign. Not only did God give him a sign, but I believe God gave him three signs. He gave him the, the sign of the, the cakes and the meat disappearing off the rock, vanishing. And then Gideon put out a fleece at night and said, well, God, if, if, this, is, if this is really it, if this is what I'm supposed to do, let this fleece not have any dew on it in the morning. And in the morning, there was no dew on that fleece. And not only did God do that, but another time, Gideon put a fleece out and said, God, would you do the opposite? Would you let there be no dew around the fleece, but the fleece be covered with the dew? And it was. And after that, the three times Gideon said, okay, I, I will do it. And so Gideon, Gideon asked around, you know, of course God helped him. It seemed like in the scripture, I don't know how long it says that it took him to gather up the people, but it seemed pretty quick that he had thousands upon thousands, 30,000 some men ready to try to take over the Midianites, which were of, 120,000. Already the odds were slim. And yet God said, Gideon, you have too many men. If you were to win this war with this many men, it wouldn't be for my glory, it would be for yours. And so he told the men, depending on God, he put his dependence on God and he told the men, if you're scared, go home. 20,000 of the men went home. Left him with around 10,000 men. And so he, I mean, he was thinking, you know, he's good. And God said, no, you need to have less men. And Gideon, depending upon God, said, everybody go down to the stream and, and get a drink of water. And anyone that cupped their hand with the water stayed. And anyone that bent down like a dog to drink the water out of the stream went home, and it left him with 300 men. Gideon had no idea. Gideon had no idea how this was going to work other than his dependence upon God. And God said, give each of the men a trumpet, surround the 120,000 Midianites. And when the time was right, and I don't remember what it was in the day, I think it was in the night, he said, smash the jar 
And they gave them jars and the trumpets. Smash the jars and play the trumpet. And when they smashed the jars and they played the trumpet from all around the Midianites, they were all so confused that they fought themselves until they fled. How on earth? How on earth? Could Gideon have, have done this without the dependence upon God? That's what kind of miracle can happen when you depend on God. And I'm going to go ahead and say it, that Luke's miracle could happen because those who were dependent enough to pray, prayed, and it saved his life. And I believe, and we've heard it a million times, maybe not a million, but a lot of times in, in our guys group that, that he was prophesied over that his life and his testimony would reach the thousands. And we never understood, and we never knew how, but we trusted, we depended on God in that. And look at what he's done. Not only did he save him once and save him twice, but I think there's a million miracles in his story. There's a million miracles. From every broken bone, from, from each jump, there, there's miracles all in it. It's one of the most beautiful miracles. It's like something you would read out of the Old or New Testament. It's going to reach the thousands because God prophesied of it, and he's 100% faithful. We've, I, I mean, I personally have been worried. I'm like, man, I want to try to help Luke. I, I, want, to, I want to get him there because I know that if Luke will be faithful to do what God wants him to do, he will reach the thousands because it's been prophesied over his life. And I never could have imagined it would have happened like this. But this is, that's what happens when you depend on God. And I'm nothing, we are nothing, and we know that we're nothing. We're just servants trying to do the best that we can. But it's just a living proof of what can happen when you depend on God. And these are, these are some of the, the final things that I want to say that um, kind of wrap up each of my points. My journal's new, so it doesn't really, doesn't really give me the usability. Help me with my words today. And um, this was one of the things a mentor in, in church had told me. And he said, if you want the simple answer, why do we depend on God? Why is it important that we depend on God? And it's because he is God and we are not. He is mighty and we are not. And it, 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 it's that simple. And we can go into all this and I think it's wonderful but whenever we really understand, and I think that when we wait and we pray and we're surrendering under the Holy Spirit, we understand that what we have to offer is nothing. We don't have much, if anything, to offer. But he has everything to offer. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9 says, My thoughts, this is God speaking, my thoughts are not your thoughts. And my ways are not your ways. Why? Why do we depend on our own ways when we know what beautiful and magical and amazing ways that he has? <clears throat> our dependence on God will determine our destiny. What we can accomplish, what he can accomplish in and through us is proportional to how much we depend on God. And, you know, like I said, I originally thought about going into the how. And I think the how is going to have to be a whole separate thing. Because I think that we can sit and depend on the why, whether you're a new believer or you're an old believer, understanding the why in a constant way is so imperative. 
It's a knowing that he is God and we are not. Bow your heads in prayer with me. Jesus, we thank you. We praise you. I give you the glory and the honor because I am nothing. I am just a servant and I'm thankful for the words that that you gave me, Lord, because it's not me. It's all you, Jesus. I give you all the glory and the honor, Jesus. I pray that you would help each and every one of us to become more dependent upon you, Lord. To have true and utter dependence on you. True and utter trust in your plan, in your ways, because it's going to be the best outcome for us every single time, Lord. We thank you and we praise you, Jesus. We praise you for Luke's miracle, Lord. We praise you that there is breath in his lungs and that you are not finished yet, Jesus. I thank you for each and every person in this room and and their willingness to come, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, we thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. We give you honor. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Before we um, close, I just want to make sure everyone's heart is clear that if there's anybody that has something to say, anybody that has a song to sing or needs prayer for anything, please open your mouth because as we know, as one obeys, it can be enough courage to the next believer to continue.